You're listening to Live Wild Radio, the part-time adventure podcast. Join us as we explore how outdoor adventures build mind, body, and spirit. Before we get to the show today, we've got our first real partner sponsor, Great Lakes Girya. So Girya is the Russian word for kettlebell. They have kettlebells in stock, which I know is a big issue in a lot of places. Really high quality bells, the Russian hard style, that range from as little as four kilos up to 96 kilos. Really love the quality. Handles are great. The part that's great is we got you a 5% discount. So if you go to greatlakesgearia.com, if you're here in Canada or in the United States, it's us.greatlakesgearia.com. And use the promo code LiveWild at checkout. You'll get 5% off. Um, and in addition to kettlebells, they have barbells. They have squat racks. They have dumbbells, maces, weighted clubs, chin-up bars, whole collection of gear. So uh, don't forget, if you want to get in shape, don't count on the gyms. They keep having to close. So set your gym up at home now and save some money on it. Welcome back to Live Wild Radio, where the podcast where we kind of merge outdoor and adventure and fitness and self-improvement. And today we're talking about mountain biking, because um, Catherine and I just went for a mountain bike ride on lunch, and I got a flat tire because I'm an idiot and didn't bring my spare <laughs> tube and pump with me. Yeah. Yeah. So, when uh, when did you start mountain biking, Catherine? Um, I first started when I was 21 in Niagara in the Short Hills. That's when I first went down a really, really steep hill and said, I'll never do that again. And then uh, I really didn't do it again after that, to be honest with you. Which is uh, like basically a a, a generation ago. It was. It was 25 years ago. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And and then I started uh, really with you. And oh, does BMXing, is that included? Not in mountain biking, no. Okay. You know, because there's hills, you know, pump trails and stuff when you're a kid. Okay, that's back in the 80s. Yeah. Um, yeah, last year, after I broke my elbow from another biking accident, not mountain biking. Yeah, just riding on the river trail. I tried to stop for a turtle, landed on concrete, broke my elbow. So don't take a hand off the handlebar, and I don't know, were you ringing your bell or something? I was trying to ring the bell, It was so I was only using my left brake. And if anybody knows, your left brake is, is your front, your front brake. brake. And it doesn't take much... To jerk the handlebar. Basically pivots and you naturally go over it. And when you land on concrete, you will break things. Yeah. Unless you judo roll. Yeah. I'm not that good. No. I'm not very ninja-like. I I haven't started training you in that yet. So, so, uh, but let's just say at 46 years old or 45 at the time, um, I was brave enough after two months of breaking my elbow to get on a mountain bike and learn how to mountain bike. Yeah, and it was really a leap of faith because I convinced you to buy a fairly pricey bike. You uh, did. And you, you got bike gear. You already had some riding gear because you, you ride your hybrid bike. Um, and, you know, it turned out that you liked it. I love it. Yeah. I actually love it more than rock climbing. Can I say that? Yeah, you can say whatever you want. Yeah. Um, so anyway, what was really cool though, I will say, because I was riding... <clears throat> my hybrid on the road and that was bad that was actually not good for my arm because your arm's always stationary in the same position mm-hmm. and one of the things i love about mountain biking is how you're up down up down so it actually i think really helped re 
rehabilitate my arm, my elbow. Along with everything else you did. It did, even though it was only two months after breaking it. So it was kind of sore and it was sketchy, but fucking did it. Yeah. And now it's one of those things that we'll make trips for. We even oh, got, I love it. We got the most bomber because uh, uh, we got a new... A bike new, rack. Yeah. We'll get a new vehicle this year. <laughs> yes. Um, and then we put... CRV. A, yeah. Put a trailer hitch on it. Uh-huh. And then we have the most bomb diggity um, Thule T2 like tray style like hitch rack. It's very cool. Um, you know, uh, shout out to Sean, my Thule rep. Uh, like... It, it is the the most stable, solid, um, easy to use bike rack I've ever used. And I, and I used to own a bike shop. I sold bike racks for years. Um, but like I sold a shop 10 years ago. Uh, and the uh, quality of the racks then, as far as ease of use and, and all of that compared to the ones that are out now, um, they've really upped their game. Um, so shout out to Thule and oh, it's amazing. I love that rack. Yeah, um, makes you want to go places with your bike. <laughs> it does, and we do want to go places. So yeah. yeah, it's been phenomenal. And how about you, Winston? So how long? You mentioned you owned a bike shop, but when did you first start biking? So I got my first mountain bike in 1987. It was a specialized hard rock. Um, yeah, I got it from the Cycle Path in Brampton. I don't think they're around anymore. Um, yeah, and it, was it Cycle Path? C Y. Yeah, Cycle Path. That's cool. I like yeah. that. Um, and That's awesome. Yeah, so for me, basically <laughs> from that point on, like the first bike I got that I thought was a mountain bike, I'd seen in this you know bicycle magazine, Gary Fisher mountain bikes. Um, he was kind of the godfather of mountain biking. Um, and I actually had a chance. Is he Canadian? To, no, he's American. Okay. Um. And actually had a chance to ride with him a couple of times. No way. I used to sell Fisher bikes. So you go to the industry things and he yeah, was yeah. there. Um, and yeah, it was, it was one of these things that, because uh, I was young and dumb, um, I saw the ad and the mountain bike was yellow and I went to Sears and they had this yellow bike with sort of fat tires. And so I assumed that that was the same bike because I'm an idiot. Um, and rode that for maybe three months but it wasn't a real mountain bike <laughs> uh and it did not stand up to off-road riding um and it you know the wheels were warped and the crank was wobbly and the brakes didn't work and <laughs> the gears didn't work because um, i beat the fuck out of it uh so then you know saved up my money got the specialized hard rock and then it sort of from there over the years i've had literally probably 30 bikes so my bike when i it was a mountain bike when i was 21 it mm-hmm. was from when i was oh shit when i was 13 it was a very old bike it was a gary fisher as well yeah yeah i don't know what kind but i bought it with my own money good for you yeah, yeah. took a loan from my dad <laughs> it was 120 bucks at the time that's pretty cheap yeah uh that would have been 35 years ago yeah <laughs> something like that you yeah. think that's cheap 120 bucks for for a Fisher bike, yeah. Probably wasn't that good. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, I digress. So yeah. anyway, so you started then. Yeah, and then uh, in my late teens, early 20s, I started mountain bike racing. Okay. Um, you know, and so basically I've always been a cross-country guy. Maybe mm-hmm. it's because when I started, um, and we'll sort of talk about the different types of mountain biking um, in this episode, but... Uh, it was a case where for me, 
um, cycling or mountain biking was, uh, yes, there was sort of a bit of a thrill component, you know, going down hills. But like, I was never a big jump guy. Um, mm-hmm. I started before that was a big thing. Okay. Right. The extreme. <laughs> and so when all that came along, partly, you know, maybe it's that I didn't have an aptitude for it. Like I'm the kid who, you know, when I was, uh, like maybe 12, put myself in the hospital. I was just going to say, you got a concussion. Yeah. Trying to jump the creek on my bike. And you hit the bank. Yeah. Um, so I didn't have like a lot of draw to the adrenaline. But what I loved with the mountain bike was the exploration part of it. Mm-hmm. You could go places. Um, and, you know, basically being able to ride um, on road somewhere. And then when the pavement ended, keep going. Right. Um, or trails that were designed, you know, whether it's hiking trails. Um, we're kind of spoiled now. Um, because when I started, we didn't have mountain bike trails, mm. right? Like locally here, we've got the Hydro Cut, we've got Puss Lynch, there's Guelph Lake, Kelso, Hilton Falls. Like there's all these areas that are designated as mountain bike areas. That's right. When did they start to come out? Uh, basically, 80s? no, no, in the last 90s? 15 years. Really? Yeah. Um, you know, like the first time I rode the Hydro Cut uh, in the 90s, it wasn't what it is now. That makes sense. So all the kids that were BMXers when I was a kid, and we had all of our pump tracks in the forest, they just yeah. graduated and got older. And they said, fuck this, we're doing this for mountain <laughs> Yeah, essentially. <laughs> so it's all like the ET phone home, you know, 80 kids. Yeah. That, you know, BMX was a thing. Yeah. And then 90s. And they just never grew out of it. Well, and, and then the mountain bike was more comfortable <laughs> to ride. Because BMXs aren't great for riding long distances. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm um, just, you know. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, so for me, it became one of those things where cycling was kind of like, basically, I almost had this triumvirate of like cycling, which really had an emphasis in mountain biking, although I did ride road, um, rock climbing and backpacking, mm-hmm. uh, you know, were kind of like the things that uh, have been constants in my whole life. Yeah. Um, and, you know, so... so uh, I've raced cross-country races. I've raced in like long-distance enduros, which are basically cross-country races that are just... How long is an enduro? Um, you know, 80, 80 to 160 kilometers. Oh, okay. Um, whereas a typical cross-country race, like an Ontario Cup, it's like doing laps of a smaller course, mm. you know, might be 5 to 8K loops, right? Because they're more spectator-friendly. People are coming sure. through multiple times. What is 80 to 160K? Like, how long do you do that mountain biking? Because it's usually slower. Um, yeah, like like a really like long one would be, you know, 12 hours. Okay. You know, so it's... So not it, a 24-hour one, because I know you've done those too. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then then there's the, the races that are... Uh, and these can be done either solo or as a team, where they're like eight-hour races or 12-hour races or 24-hour races. Um, and so they can be done, uh, it's just sort of a set course, you know, 10 to 20 kilometers long, like a loop. And it's however many laps you get in, in the eight hours or 12 hours or 24 hours. And they can be done solo or as a relay. So you could have, they're, they're one that are really kind of cool because you take, um, something like the 24 hours of summer solstice, Mm -hmm. which is, uh, in Bolton, (laughs) Ontario, like at, uh, uh, Albion Hills conservation area. Um, it's one of the biggest 24-hour races in North America. Oh, um, really? 
and you'll get professionals out racing it solo. Um, we should cover that sometime. Yeah. When they do it again. Yeah. If they're yeah. They'll they'll eventually. Um but the the you'll have professionals who are trying to win. Um, you know, they're sponsored athletes, all that kind of stuff. Oh, totally. And then you get like a gang of friends camp for the weekend. Um, and you let's say you got six people on your team. A lap takes an hour to, you know, an hour twenty. So you're doing a lap every six or eight hours. Yeah, so you're hanging out. Yeah, you're and, and there's campfires and beer and they've oh, got God. bands and <laughs> um you know. So it, it's one of those things where you it's a combination of like high level athletic activity and social and festival all at the you're same just time. Just gonna watch you don't drink too much. Um Yeah. You know. Uh and you know, but but it's also you're all on the same course at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of times you'll get the thing of like one of the, uh, you know, pros. You'll just be you know if you're doing it sort of as a fun team, and I've done a bunch of those. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll be doing your lap, and then you know, you'll you'll get like uh, on your right, and then somebody comes zipping past you. And you realize that they've already been riding for 12 hours and they still blew you out of the water. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, so so there's that kind of whole thing. And then uh, I also had my phase where I, I was a single speed mountain biker for about 10 years. So explain that because I, I still don't understand. I understand what single speed is, but what kind of um, terrain is it best for? Some terrain you'd ride any mountain bike on. Okay. But what does it feel like? What speed does it feel like? That what gear does it feel like? Um, it's usually you'd have a like a two to one gear ratio. So like maybe it'd be a thirty two on the front and a sixteen tooth or eighteen tooth on the back. Okay, I don't understand so, that. So so basically, like from pedaling on your, on, fast on, on to, your bike. Yes, um, it would be, you know, your your hardest cog. Okay, um, is an eleven. So uh, that's the hardest cog. I mean, it's harder to, to yeah, turn. the smallest one. Okay, um, is an eleven. Um, so it it's not that small. It's but it's not in the middle of the stack. Oh, really? You know, but it's, it's getting there. Oh, it's on the harder side. Yeah. As far as turning the wheels, cranking the wheel. Yeah. Okay. Um, so uh, we so it's kind of like average in the middle. Okay. Yeah. But a little so, bit further ahead. Okay. So so we always joked that single speeds had three speeds. You could sit, you could stand, and you could walk. <laughs> right because if you if you couldn't make it up the hill you, you had to walk yeah. um but the thing that i loved with those was um it was an amazing workout yeah. because and it was a whole body workout because when you're climbing a hill you're standing and like twisting the handlebars in half reefing you have on them, to. Yeah. right you're almost deadlifting your way up the hill huh right because you'll get to the point where it's like you're maybe doing like five rpms Mm-hmm. You know, as far as how quickly your pedals are moving, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, it's literally would normally be a lot faster because it'd be on a lower. Gear. Yeah, and you'd spin your way up. Yeah, um, like I, I had climbs. By the time I got to the top, my forearms were so pumped that, like, you know, veins are sticking out, and my triceps are torched. Yeah, um, and that's riding a bike. Hmm. Um, and almost nothing ever went wrong with them because, yeah, you know, you can't get a stick in your derailleur when you don't have one. Right, that, and that was actually what what prompted me to try it is you know I'd, I'd had a string of bad luck of blowing up rear derailleurs okay uh and it was just like a oh, fuck it <laughs> and i put one together and it's like this shit's fun <laughs> you know really? it sucks on the road it's way too easy yeah um but like off-road mm. you it takes all of that thinking about what gear to be in you're just in it you yeah. just go 
you oh, know. Interesting. And, and it's kind of like standard uh, automatic driving instead of standard. Yeah. Well, and you and you ride more aggressively. But I like standard. You know, you ride more aggressively too on a single speed because, but not on the downhills, but on the uphills. It because makes you, sense because you're trying to carry as much momentum. There's no pacing. You yourself, have to. Right. So it, it's almost <laughs> like the CrossFit of biking. That's yeah. interesting. You know, and it, it it really does a great job as far as like total body fitness. Yeah. Um, it's not something I'd recommend to anybody who's got fucked up knees mm. because you are torquing the shit out of the pedals. You would be, yeah. Um, so, so it might it's be nice more... It's nice to have the other gears. Yeah. But, so, but that was sort of a fun thing I did for a while. So what do you get out of it? What do you like about mountain biking? <sighs> um, the, I, I love the exploring. I love the, the flow. Uh, mm-hmm. Like if you... Once you've been riding for a while, like you just float through trails. I experienced uh, that once <laughs> recently. You know, um, that was scary. I'm like, wake up! <laughs> it's you know, kind of like you're an autopilot when you're driving to work or something. And you go, wait, how did I wait, get here? Wait, wait, I need to pay attention. Well, the the other thing that I love with it is, um, is that basically, uh, I it's fast hiking, right? Like most of the it is beautiful. Other than, you know, obviously there, there's a certain terrain you just can't ride a bike on, or at least I can't, right? You know, it gets super, super rugged. Well, that, that's perfect hiking terrain, mm-hmm. right? But hiking on terrain that I could ride my mountain bike on. You don't want to hike on. I'd rather ride my mountain bike. Yeah, because right? otherwise you're having to look, your tr- your view is always down at your feet. So you're not tripping on roots. Yeah, exactly. And you're not enjoying the view. Whereas this way, again, you're looking ahead, but you seem to see more. You do. Um, well, because you do, it's not actually. every, your bike will roll through stuff, right? You you scan ahead of you quickly, like on the ground, and you go, okay, there's nothing in immediate that I've got to mm-hmm. um, pop my wheel over or anything like that. And then you can sort of look around. It's kind of like driving, right? You don't just sort of stare at like the, the strip of road, you know, just in front of your car. You're looking all around. I think I'm still doing that. Not yeah. right at my tire, but ahead. But I'm not looking all around. You know. Well, when when I say looking around, it's it's I'm scanning the trail further up, right? I'm 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 anticipating what's coming. Yeah. I'm right. Not and there yet. and it's one of those things you just run into. A lot of it's just a look, and you can just read the trail coming up, right? So if people haven't figured it out and they haven't done this before, you do have to be 100 percent on. Well, it depends on the terrain. Unless you start to flow, then you're yeah. like, what the fuck? You know. <laughs> um, well, and you got to white knuckle at it again. Yeah, well, because it's the thing. You've just been doing this for a year now. Yeah. Um, not even, actually, because you got your bike like in July last year. That's right. Um, so what is it you like about it? I love that it's just pure joy and fun. Like, you just can't help it. And I find that you're working, like, I'm always in the red zone. So my heart rate is nat- naturally can go up high. And I can be in the 180s. And I can s- stay in the 170s and not even think about it i'm just i'll check my watch because i'm curious i'm like i I, got because i'm trying to watch that i'm not always in the red zone for as long or just just aware of it but i'll always be in 160s easily Mm -hmm. unless unless i check my watch i don't really notice it mm -hmm. so i'm working hard whereas if i'm in the 160s i sound like a uh a steam engine right (laughs) and i don't right but so i i love that um honestly it's just that's the key reason and and because you like today i had a very interesting day um i won't get into details but let's just say i had a lot of cortisol going through me i was stressed out and i was starting to get a tension headache 
So because you're on, there's nothing better than when you focus on other things mm-hmm. to clear your mind. And physical activity is always great. Oh, for yeah. Too. So you exhaust yourself. And it was exactly what I needed at lunch to shed what I had experienced earlier in that day. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it's just, if you feel so alive. You feel like a kid. You really do. That's what I love about it. Well, and there, there's a fun challenge. Like, uh, I run into the thing where... Basically, there, there's if you're riding your local trails, ones that you ride regularly, um, it's that kind of thing of trying to do it better every time, right? Smoother, picking better lines, pacing yourself better. Yeah, um, I'm glad you're bringing that up because there's definitely a fitness component, but there's also an efficiency component to mm-hmm. it too. So, and I am going through this because. When you first start out, I think a lot of people use their brakes a lot more. Therefore, if you're going downhill and you're braking a lot because you're afraid, obviously when you get to the bottom now, you got to climb back up. You don't have you've lost that momentum. Mm-hmm. So now you're you know it's harder and more taxing on your body, right? So and then of course there's how do you you know deal with roots, rocks going up and over them or logs, whatever. So because um, that and what's really cool is how the first ride we did together at one point you were waiting for me like six minutes yeah this year yeah and then the next time we did maybe the same was it the same ride it was well the same stretch of trail same stretch and it was half yeah that was just over one ride and that was practice Mm -hmm. so i remember last year when we rode often i was behind you and a few times i went on my own and i don't know if it was because you weren't there i wasn't feeling pressured but something happened where Honestly, it was just practice. The uh, and maybe it's just the newbie games, mm-hmm. but the more that you ride, and even if you're not intentionally trying to work on specific skills, you just get more comfortable. The more you let your bike do it's supposed to, what it's supposed to, and let it flow. Yeah, because what you'll run into, and this is this is the thing that's cool with a mountain bike, is uh, a lot of times, like especially when you're on like looser terrain or roots or some types of rocks a lot of times it's just letting the bike um do its thing right like trusting that it'll roll through things right and it but it takes time to earn that trust you know the learning what you can let your bike roll through what you need to pop your front wheel up over um how to position yourself right because you know it's the same thing like if you're going downhill um how far back you position yourself behind the seat will be commensurate with how steep the hill is. So the steeper the hill, the further back you get your butt, right? But it, but it takes time to learn what the optimal is because if you're too far back, then there's no traction on the front wheel. Um, and then if you're too far forward and then your front wheel hits something, then you go over the handlebars. So let's talk a bit about that because I'm 45 years old when I started, or mm-hmm. I was, And um, I think, you know, some people that might be listening, you know, are likely to be adults and they might be hesitant because they're starting to, as you get older, you get wiser and you start to fear getting hurt. And let's face it, I think everybody worries about crashing to a tree. (laughs) And they see that more as a risk as, say, trying other things or at least, you know, sticking to hybrid bikes and riding on gravel road paths versus mountain biking. Mm -hmm. And let's just say that was really brave of me when I broke my elbow and only two months later <laughs> started my mountain I'll, I'll, I'll give you a little gold star. I know, right? 
But I always had the attitude of, we'll just see. We'll just yeah. check it out. And you were kind and put me on green trails and some intermediate. Anyway, um, so let's. that's a real issue. And I was scared of it. I was really hesitant about. Well, see, but you, you've already answered the question, like how to deal with it. Um, trails are like any, any uh, frequently ridden mountain bike trail um, will have somewhere some sort of grading to it. Um, and so the thing is, when you start, like it's, it basically goes, you know, green, blue, black, red um, is the way they'll tend to color code the trails. Can you explain what uh, the characteristics of each one are? Yeah, green is easy. So it's like flat. Pretty flat, not crazy. So gravel, gravel and flat. Um, or it might be dirt. Okay. You know, but but it, it, it tends not to be, there. there's nothing overly challenging, right? Um, and then blue, intermediate, you know, mm-hmm. you might have some, uh, some more roots and... Uh, uh, the occasional rocks and that kind of thing, more ups and downs. Mm-hmm. But again, it, nothing that is. Uh, it may be more narrow paths, so you won't see really wide trails. Yeah. Whereas green would be your, you know, two or three people could ride side by side more or less. Sometimes. Um, sometimes, but other other green ones are are single track. They're still as well. single track. Okay. Um, they're just easy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then black being, you know intermediate advanced kind of thing mm-hmm. um you'll have some more roots and rocks uh maybe some embankments so you don't want to go over you know, the, the thing is you you always fixate on those i know but your front wheel goes wherever you look it still scares me yeah but it's my fear of heights you know creeping in but but it but it's such a simple thing like it's funny because we like our two local riding areas the hydro cut i know and you say the one that i like is more risk is riskier than the other yeah (laughs) that has all the embankments you know but it's one of those things where there's nothing i can't ride um there's a few like jumps and things that the hydro cut i won't do like big drop-offs but but there's nothing i can't ride at the hydro cut yeah um Whereas, and there, there's nothing I can't descend at um, Puss Lynch, but on the black trails, there's a lot of steep, rooty, rocky climbs. Have I done them? Well, you know, the, the other day when I took you on the rougher section, mm-hmm. where I said I was testing myself, yeah, just yeah, to see yeah. sort of oh, where yeah, my yeah, fitness yeah. is, you know, where you get a bunch of those. That was black. Yeah. Okay. You know, where, and, and it's not like you rode down all the hills fine. Yeah. Right. It's just sometimes you can't make it up like your rear wheel catches something. Which is fine. Or, you know, it's not dangerous. No, it's not. It's just for me, it's a challenge. Yeah. Right. But I have no problem riding down any of them. Mm -hmm. Right. You just sort of control your speed and balance and, you know, and it just takes practice. Yeah. Um, It's balance. Yeah. You know, and you rode down all of those on that black trail. I think so. You know, it's just some of them you end up walking partway up because you spin out or... You know, you yeah. you can't get up over something. And then there's double black diamonds. Um, they're they're labeled as red trails. Yeah, red trails. Okay. You know, and um, so what are they like? How do you? They'll you'll have big drop offs, jumps, okay. jumps. Um, you know, and it, depending on how they're constructed, there might be things that are, like you could ride them as a black trail, because a lot of times the big jump might have a way around it. That's true. You we know? should say that that you often find that especially here at HydroCut, and I haven't been to too many places, but often there's always uh, a detour, like a... A, a, um, a, a moderate way around. Uh, yeah, a moderate way around it. Um, and, 
you know, so so it varies. Um, and even given an area, it was funny because, you know, I was talking about riding with Gary Fisher. I went to, uh, and this is years and years ago, but at one of the sales events, right? Because um, Trek uh, bikes owned Gary Fisher bikes. Mm-hmm. And so we were down at like Trek World <laughs> in, in Madison, Wisconsin. Well, we would go out to uh, Trek's factory in Waterloo, Wisconsin, um, and they've got their own test track for mountain biking um, near the factory because uh, it's their factory and design area and all that mm-hmm. stuff. And so they were, you could ride all the new bikes, um, you know, before you order them kind of idea. And I was riding with Gary. Um, you know, it's kind of one of those things where it's kind of, I was riding over and he was riding over because he's basically PR guy at that point, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm riding over and, you know, we're just chatting and and then we hit the trails. And my thing, like, he's a good rider. He's been riding a long time, obviously. Very fit, skinny dude. Um, and there was a bunch of technical sections where they, like, they literally built stuff. Mm-hmm. Um you know, because it's to test the bikes. Mm-hmm. So there's like these, you know, uh, rather than sort of naturally occurring, like they would have rock gardens, but they were hundreds of meters long. You know, because you, you, you know, when we get those like rocky sections. That rock gardens are basically the path is just all rocks. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it, where we get those sections at Post Lynch where. I know what they are. Yeah. I'm just explaining. To They're people. just, uh, you know, but hundreds of meters of that rather than just a section you're going through. Oh, wow. Um, and, sorry. You know, there's, so there's a variety of different things. Yeah. And we were running into the thing. We were passing all these people walking, right? And uh, sort of like a bit of an asshole. Like, uh, 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 this is me. Um, because everybody there is from bike shops. Yeah. Right? And I sort of went, because we were the only people we saw ride through all this stuff. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, it's a case where he's like, yeah, but you're from Ontario. Uh, oh. And it's like, You've got the escarpment, you've got, you know, like you, because he's raced up here and ridden up here before. So in other words, we're used to that kind of terrain. Yeah. Like for us, like that gnarly rocky shit is just what we ride. Oh. Because if you ride Hilton Falls. um, Oh, yeah. Right. Uh, That's all what? That's all uh, limestone? Yeah. Um, So it's rocky and slippery and, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and Kelso's got sections like that. Okay. You know, um it's just sort of something we deal with or you get up on the Canadian shield or you get, you know, all these different places. Right. We're just used to riding that shit. Oh, that's interesting. Right. So if you get somebody who's from, you know, uh, like Iowa, mm-hmm. they just don't have any experience riding that type of stuff. Yeah. Right. Because they just don't have it. You know, it's you're from, dirt. you're yeah. from Indiana. Yeah. You know, they might have a lot of, you know, bermed up corners and stuff that people have made but like they just don't have those naturally occurring mm. technical features interesting you know um so it, it, where you're from will dictate your type of riding like the people from um like vancouver mm-hmm. right that's where like a lot of the big free ride stuff uh what's free ride basically you're riding like ramps in the air and oh free ride okay got it like it, it's insane like to me, it's the kind of stuff where, you know, uh, I there, look... If it, there's a reason to be scared, that's it? Yeah. But <laughs> but there's... There's stunt riding. Yeah. But but it's a huge... There's a lot of people to do it. Mm-hmm. Right? But if that's sort of the kind of stuff that uh, you've... The type of terrain you've grown up with, right? 
then what you can ride um, expands, mm-hmm. right? If you brought them out and to ride some of our stuff, they might find some of it difficult because it's not hilly. So you don't have gravity helping you, right, through the technical stuff. Um, you're having to like grunt your way and keep pedaling and like popping your bar over the rocks and keep going and keep going and keep going. Like, you know, that's interesting. There's no flow, you know, gravity yeah. kind of thing to it. Yeah. Whereas for me, that kind of stuff is foreign. Mm-hmm. Right. Like the idea of taking a chairlift to the top or, or a shuttle. Yeah. And then bombing down on your bike. Yeah. To me, I, like, I feel you got to earn your uphill. Like yeah. you, you earn the downhill by climbing the uphill. Uh-huh. Right. And it's just, you know, my, Different. my personal view on it I, like I, I think what they do is pretty cool like I'll watch like the Red Bull Rampage videos and yeah, go yeah, yeah. these people are just fucking lunatics <laughs> uh, you know but, it, but on it's wheels a, yeah yeah but it's impressive you know yeah like down in Virgin Utah they you know because you're familiar with that what that type of terrain is like oh yeah right well they'll go out with like a crew and those ridges that you'd be scared as shit to walk, like yeah, hike and scramble I've on. I've seen videos. They'll make a trail and then a ramp off of like the side I've of a cliff. I've seen the videos. Yeah. They're crazy. Yeah. But that's, you know, what... They do. Yeah. You know, it's it, it's like anything. Like um, every sport has like this upper echelon um, that is... Uh, not for mortals, <laughs> you know? So, and I think that's one of the things that a lot of people run into when they see mountain biking. That's what's portrayed in the media. Right. You know? Because well, it makes for great mountain yeah, view Yeah, I think for me, because I know I was never intending to ever do that anyway. Yeah. That just was, that's a normal, I'd be interested in any of that. Um, or even going near an edge, because that scares the shit. That's why I don't like, like any cliff edge. Like that's, mm-hmm. that's why Hydrocut scares me. Um, I know you're on dirt and you're going, it's just when you go around a bend, I'm always a worried, you know? Anyways, um, for me, it's more about being on a single track, going down so quickly that, and you're hitting a tree, coming down, well, generally. But, you know but what I you mean? you just control yourself. Yeah. Like, don't so, ride outside yourself. So I think the one tip that you gave me that was helpful was exactly that, was, um, you know, you control the speed. You don't go faster than you should, right? But then there was also the opposite of, velocity is your friend let the bike do what it can do you yeah like it, or more momentum is your friend um it doesn't it, it's one of those things and it this is like almost anything where it's learning um where the tipping point is right because if you're going too slow you you hit like a root or a rock and you come to a complete stop and fall over um but yeah. if you have just a little bit of momentum it's true your bike will just sort of bounce its way through it Right, like yeah, turning wheels want to stay upright, um, so it's finding that 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 balance point. Yeah. Right. Um, it, and it's the same thing as descending, knowing how far back to get your ass, um, uh, how far forward or to bend and get your nose towards your handlebars when you're climbing a steep hill to keep your front wheel yeah. from wheeling up. Yeah. These are all, you know, learning curves. Right. I'll never forget. In our area, there's a forest uh, trail, and you're trying to get me to go down this one hill. And the kids did it on their first try, and I was like, "No, I'm not doing it," because it's so scary, right? Because being up on your bike, when you sit on it, you can't often touch the ground; like you're just barely. So you're that much higher. Plus, now you're that much higher because you're butt off, and 
and it's just scary, right? Yeah, but now, um, but it's now, funny. Like, but if you what, went back and did it now, you wouldn't even bat an eyelash. Yeah, I'd use my brakes a bit just yeah. to control, but um, I'm fine. But it just takes pushing, just nudging that comfort zone, you know? Practice is what it is. Yeah. So anyway, I guess um, I think what's really cool, and I just want to give people some hope because, again, I can't emphasize enough, I broke my elbow. <laughs> so there's, you know, getting over that psychologically because I've never broken a limb. Um, I have gone over my bike when I was younger. It was stupid. Um, but, you know, when you get back on your bike and you're going down a steep, fast hill, you remember breaking your elbow and you realize that you could hurt yourself. So you get really, I guess, a bit in your head. But... Is that why when we when we came out onto the road when we were riding up in Collingwood, uh, and but we're still a long way down to the bottom, um, but it was road, so there was nothing in the way, and I think I put five minutes on you on the road descent part of it. Probably, yeah. Because <laughs> it was just like was that my first time going down on a bike, like mountain biking? Not mountain, not your first time mountain biking. Okay. But it's, it, when we went and rode the Lori Forest up top, and then we found that there was that long kind of oh, yeah, descent yeah, all the yeah, way down, and yeah, we eventually came yeah, out to a road. Yeah, I was nervous, yeah. You know? Yeah. And so, but it, it's a thing. You, you came out to a road, but you were still not all the way down. To... Well, there was a bit of gravel on the road too, right? And you, yes, I know exactly what you're ta- referring to. So that would have been maybe three or four months, maybe three months yeah. since I'd broken my elbow or four it was still in the summer. Mm-hmm. I think it was the end yeah. of the summer. And I broke it in June. So this was in August. So, or September, maybe something like that. Yeah. No, I was nervous. Yeah. Because it, it was funny. that The fact that it... Yes. I remember you looking back like, what the heck? And, and it was almost a joke and you didn't say anything. And, and I'm glad you didn't because, yeah, I was nervous. Well, m- my thing the was speed. like what I was more worried about, you were like, because I couldn't see you. Like, we came out and started riding down at the same time. Yeah, 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 but the fact that you couldn't see me, like, what happened? But I did the whole thing with no brakes on, right? Yeah, because no. it's a road hill, like, the, and it's, it's a you're side... Like it's, you're like, it's clear. Yeah, yeah, it's a side road. You can see everything. There's Just no go. traffic. Who cares how fast you're going? You know. I care. Um, so, I felt uh, that pavement when I fell. <laughs> yeah. But, but it's funny, because, like, but that's where I actually thought you might have fallen and hurt yourself. Hurt yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Because you were so, like... So wait, slow. You know, because I figured you'd be in behind a little bit, whatever. yeah. You know, because I like I got up to like 80, but you look back, eighty five kilometers an hour on three that hill. kilometers behind, and she's done. <laughs> you know, no sight like, of her. And then you, you know, so it's a thing. It's like it's been like three, four minutes. Wait, we're it's just a little road down. You know, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, and then then it's like you sort of tiny little come around dog. the corner and just like <laughs> riding your brakes all the way down the hill. Do you know what? Hey. I broke my elbow. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm not, I'm... <laughs> yeah, but it's a real thing. And I keep bringing that yeah. up on purpose because it's real. And some people are really scared of that. Yeah. And some people. But now you're scaring people. But no, but I'm trying to be real about it. Mm-hmm. And I overcame it. And it comes down to practice. Yeah. Well, and that's a thing. And kind of like you say, hike your own hike. Ride your own ride. Yeah. You have to. You cannot follow somebody else trying to catch up with them if you're not comfortable. Right. Yeah. Like, and that's sort of one of the things is like, if you, if you start riding with people that are more experienced than you, um, you know, the, this is one of those things of sometimes finding the right group. Yeah. Because, you know, anytime, like we've got the, the little rule, anytime there's a, a trail crossing, I just stop and wait. Yes. Right. Cause that way you don't wonder where I went. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, basically 
that whole thing of just ride um, what you're comfortable with. And what you'll find is just through exposure, you become comfortable with more. And, and we've had, I think we've had a lot of fun, even when I was doing the beginner or easier trails, I would just ride around, you know, if there was something like logs yep. to jump, but there was a worker, there's often uh, a ride around. Mm-hmm. I would just do that. So yeah. we could both have fun. Yeah. You know, and it, the fact is, is that, uh, if I want to have like an ass kicking workout, mm-hmm. um, when I, when we're in, we're in like lockdown, like seven thousand right now. Um, I know as we recorded this, but uh, say last summer I was working, um, and I would often have like a day off in the middle of the week, so I would go mountain biking by myself, mm-hmm. right? And that'd be my one day a week where I just do you know I kill myself basically, yeah, yeah, yeah. um, and. How many, uh, how long would you go for? Um, I'd do a couple hours because I do all the black trails. Got it. Right. That like if I went out to Puss Lynch, I would do all the trails. Or you know, if I went out with like Ryan or Amy, uh, I would we'd go up to the Hydro Cut, and you know, we would just do all the trails. <laughs> um, and you know, so it's one of those things where where because those ones flow together better. Mm-hmm. I can do longer stretches um, without having to stop and wait, mm-hmm. you know, and then there's other places you come out and then because I know they're a good chunk behind me, you know, then I'll go do a loop of another trail and get back before they're done, you know, so you can get some good sort of consistent riding in that way. Yeah. Um, you know. So question, if people are interested in getting into this, what do you recommend or the, uh, you know, the kind of gear, like what are the considerations on a bike? Let's start there. So for anybody getting into it, I would almost always recommend a hardtail mountain bike. What's a hardtail? Um, no suspension in the back, right? The tail is hard. But all mountain bikes have suspension in the front, right? Not all. Really? Most. Okay. Um, my single speed uh, doesn't. Really? Like I've had, basically I've built up different ones where I'd have a suspension fork on or not, a okay. rigid fork. Because yeah. again, the, one of the advantages of single speeds or the attractions is simplicity. A suspension fork needs maintenance. Mm. A rigid fork doesn't. But a suspension fork does a good job of not kicking the shit out of you. Well, yeah. Comfort. Um, yeah. But, you know, I was hard then. Now, oh. <laughs> now, now, now I'm soft. You're soft. I got gears again. Yeah, 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 yeah. Got so, suspension. You do. You you know. Yeah. You're wearing a helmet these days. <laughs> well, um, I used to always wear a helmet. When did I was, you? Anytime okay. I'm riding. I'm just it's just if, sure. if I ride over to your house, I might, I'm just I don't wear saying, a helmet. It's like when there's a time when people didn't wear seatbelts um, or, or uh, good riding, uh, climbing harnesses. Yeah. Made it out of uh, seatbelts and ropes. Exactly. Um, but well, so, so anybody getting started, I recommend it like a hardtail mountain bike because suspension costs more. Uh-huh. So like a full suspension bike. Um, like how much more-ish? Um, a lot of times like a thousand bucks more for the same parts level. Okay. Um, so, you know, again, if people are getting into something. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that I like with a hardtail is you have to learn how to ride. Mm. Um, because full suspension bikes. You're just bouncing all over the place? No, but, th- but they actually um, uh, assist you quite a bit. Mm. They smooth out a lot of stuff. They give you better rear wheel traction. Um, they're more forgiving, mm. right? So if you then put that in the hand of a of a more skilled rider, they can do really wild things, right? They can ride further, faster, 
um, more mm. aggressively. Mm. Um, but the trade-off, of course, is if you get on one and you haven't built the skills, mm-hmm. then you never learn the skills the same way. Okay. So right? it's hard to really advance your technical writing. You know, you, you still can. It's just, and maybe, I, I, maybe I'm a curmudgeon, right? I started when... the a like, snob? No, not just like like a, a an old person, mm. uh, you know, mm-hmm. like crusty in the sense that you know when we started, you gotta do it this way. Yeah, well, because the, there was no disc brakes, Neither. there was no suspension, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and don't get me wrong, I love all of these advancements, um, but I've it, and part of what I run into too is that I've always just liked the the responsiveness of a hardtail. Okay. Um, you know, with a full suspension bike. And they have definite advantages, um, but there's a bit of movement there, right? Like if you jump out of the saddle and give her, there's mm-hmm. a little bit of bounciness, mm-hmm. right? Um, that you don't get with a hardtail. Okay. Um, I kind of like that feel, like the, the being able to flip the bike around. Um, the other thing is uh, hardtails are going to be lighter, right? Oh, like how much lighter? Um, it depends. Like for the same parts package, like four or five pounds lighter. Holy shit. Right? Because you've got That's all this. a big difference. Yeah, but if you've got like pivots and a shock in the back and all this stuff, it's just extra material. That's huge. You know, um, a lot of people put up with it because they like how it rides. It lets them ride Because I just think stuff. about how my kids' bikes are heavier than mine. Yeah. And mine's so much bigger. And how I hate their bikes. Like, yeah. Even taken upstairs. I can't imagine another four or five pounds. You know. You'd feel that. Yeah. Um, and so... Basically, from a value and a learning standpoint and a versatility mm. standpoint, too. Because, um, you know, if you've got a hardtail mountain bike, um, especially if your suspension fork has a lockout on it, mm-hmm. then it's not terrible to ride on park pads and uh, on, uh, you know, zip around town on it. Oh, sure. Right. Whereas yeah. a full suspension bike, it kind of, on road, they kind of bob a little bit. You can't bit. Uh, lock the back? Well, on really high-end ones, you can. Uh, but, you know, five, six, seven, the grand. Sure. Um, but it's not uh, common for the you know, uh, lower-end ones. No. Um, what are your favorite brands? Uh, that's tough now because everything's gone to modern geometry, which is and this is going to be over the heads of most people, but it's steeper seat tube angles, slacker head tube angles, longer top tubes. Um, and I hate them. <laughs> <laughs> because it just again you're an old school well but it doesn't fit my body well oh right like i've got a long upper body um would it fit my body better with uh, long legs long limbs um maybe because the problem is that i run into is it puts my seat too far forward uh-huh. which in turn puts too much weight on my hands yeah it would um because you know it's just yeah the, i get it the seats cranked up um bother your back too you know well but the handlebars are higher so Mm. like it's all been compensated for okay um but they're better on the trail okay like on rougher trails um and i would i even find them that way um but they're shittier on the road ride to get to the trails okay like they're you know because so i kind of uh i mean maybe it's just becoming from a background of like long distance riding right um, where there's long stretches where it is virtually road riding and then you have your, I want a bike that's good at everything. Yeah. Right. And part of being good at everything means it's comfortable for me. Yeah. Um, so. So, uh, you can't necessarily answer the question, but this leads into something else, which is bike fitting. Mm-hmm. 
because I didn't know that was so important until you know you start spending a lot of money on a bike and, and then, you ride it a lot and then you're like Ooh. so let's talk about about that because that's really important yeah so the nice thing with mountain bikes is uh they're a little bit more forgiving fit wise okay than road bikes are because you're moving around well and there's just fewer sizes in a in a line oh right um so not much choice, in other words. Well, basically, each size covers a broader range. So as oh, long as you, as long as you're within the range, then with changing mm. stem, handlebar, uh, positioning your seat, adjusting your seat post. Okay. You can dial it in. So it's easier to select. So uh, okay, go on. Right, and what size for people to get? That'll yeah. just to give you an idea. I'm a five. I'm five foot eight, but I have short legs and a long upper body. Mm-hmm. Um, in a lot of mountain bikes, like I kind of vacillate between like a, a small and a medium, like, um, is that how they're size small, medium and large? Yeah. Or they'll, they'll, they'll give a, a number, like an inch measurement, like a 16 and 18 to 20. Um, what's that referring to? The seat tube height. Got it. Right. And then when it, I'm like, learning a lot today, go yeah. on. Um, but then every company will also do like a size chart. So they'll tell you how long mm. the top tube is, um, how tall the head tube is, what the head tube angle is, what the seat tube angle is, the chainstay length. And that's basically... Sorry, what's the head tube? That the, fork, the part of the frame the fork goes through. Okay, got it. Right? The longer that is, the higher the handlebar will sit. Makes sense. Um, and so all of those measurements will play a role in the fit of the bike um, yeah. and in the handling. So don't just assume you can go to Canadian Tire or Walmart and buy your, you know, no. mountain like, bike if special you, if you, because if, you really uh, talk more about the fitting. Like, why is this important? What are the problems that well, common problems? Well, first there, there's the ergonomics, right? If you're just not positioned properly on the bike, you're not going to be comfortable. Like you get numb butt or sore butt, numb nuts, sore hands, sore neck, sore back. Numb female parts. Yep. Uh, girl nuts, uh, <laughs> your knees can hurt, your feet can hurt. Okay. Um, so something's hurting, you're not fitted right. Yeah. Like, especially if you're riding for less than half an hour. Okay. And something's going numb. Good tip. You know, okay. um, then something's wrong. My hands, hands go numb on my bike, by the way. Yeah, I know. We need, we need to get you further back. You're really? running into the same, but you've got super long femur bones. It's what I mentioned the other day. Mm. Um, that's why the dropper post isn't a great, the technical part of it is great for you, but because they don't, they're, they have no offset to the rear. Right. Um, you need to be further, your ass further back on the bike. Mm. Right. Because the further forward your, your arms are the more of a crease you get. Well, no, no, just more weights on your hands. Oh, um, okay. Sorry. I digress. Yeah. No worries. We we're, were talking about if you're on a bike for a half hour and things go numb. Yeah. If, if numb or in pain. Yeah. Then something doesn't fit right. Okay. You know, okay. and it, I, it, it's beyond the scope of a podcast for me to no, analyze for, anybody. No, but. I, I don't think we need to go any further, but, um, so, you know, where would you recommend getting bikes? So yeah, just basically, that. so there, there's two, like if you're new, uh-huh. it's going to a bike shop. Um, it's one of those specialty industries, right? That hasn't been taken over by the big box stores yet. Mm -hmm. And the reason is, um, the level of service you need, um, 
and knowledge to get people set up properly um, Mm -hmm. is uh, just hasn't been replicated at the big box stores. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, if they really put the effort into it, maybe they could, but but they don't seem to think it's important. Where bike shops are owned by bike nerds. Um, So, uh, you know, your local bike shop, um, especially, and the thing is, find the local bike shop that uh, is the mountain bike shop, Mm. right? And then find people who are cross-country riders. Um, because, and obviously, and cause that's generally what I would recommend everybody start like mountain biking breaks up into a bunch of different categories. Okay. Right. Um, there's cross country, which is what we do, right. It, it, uh, it's fast hiking, mm-hmm. you know, you're riding up, you're riding down, you know, generally not doing big jumps. Um, you know, you're looking for a bike that's efficient, um, uh, that pedals well, that, it's tough enough to handle downhills and technical terrain, but it's light enough to go up the hills pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of a very balanced go anywhere bike. Um, the fit we tend to replicate, not a road bike fit because your front, your handlebars aren't going as low, mm-hmm. but you're trying to replicate that pedaling position mm-hmm. because you're pedaling longer. Like mm-hmm. cross country, you tend to be pedaling more. Okay. Right. Because we're not using chair lifts and shuttles. Um, mm-hmm. to get to the top um, for these big, long downhill runs, right? It's sort of that up and down, up and down adventure. Um, then you kind of get into the all-mountain and enduro, uh, which is still... It, think of it as like stupidly rugged um, uh, cross-country riding mm-hmm. with the emphasis on the bike handling better on the rough downhill stuff mm-hmm. than it does on the uphills, mm-hmm. right? Because they're generally going to be a little heavier. Got it. Okay. Um, not pedal quite as well. Your positioning is going to be optimized for the downhills versus the uphills. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whereas cross country is trying to optimize the, like uh, optimize your position so that you have kind of the, uh, a compromise where it pedals really well on the flat and uphills, but allows you to handle technical terrain going downhill. Okay. You know, um, and then you get like the pure downhill, which is, uh, kind of looks like a dirt bike within an engine. <laughs> um, Oh really? And so wide, wide tires, not, not quite the fat bike, Oh. but, but super aggressive, um, big suspension front and back, um, tend to, a lot of times people, like their seats just slammed all the way down. Oh. Um, because you're not really, you, you, you're pedaling just out of corners, right? Because you're going down the side of a mountain, Got right? Um, and by getting the seat down, it's kind of more BMX-y, mm. right? Um, you're optimized purely for the downhill, right? And you're not riding anything up. Would you consider a fat bike as part of mountain biking family? I would. Because you can ride it in the same terrain. It's just a fat bike will also ride on sand and snow. Oh, okay. Where you can't ride normal mountain bikes there because mm-hmm. the tires will bite in and, you know, you just kind of auger all over the place. Yeah. Um. So a fat bike. Do you like it better for the snow or the sand? Um. Well, we don't really have beaches that we're riding on around right. here. So so I optimize it. Like when I had a couple, well, I've had a couple of flat bikes. And for me, they were for snow. And so, but if you were to take them on a regular train in the summer, they're it, just fun. They are fun because you just bounce around. Yeah, 
you've got like these because you're you know if you got four to five inch wide tires on there with a huge amount of air you run them really soft i'd always feel like i'd be like bumping into things and oh yeah like it's it's not as nimble um as our mountain bikes are yeah um but it's kind of like just sort of you blob over everything that's what it feel like your big marshmallow yeah you know it's kind of like a like a moon bike or something you know and so they're fun, like uh, riding them on regular trails. Yeah. It's kind of a goofy play, you know. But uh, they're expensive, aren't they? Um, On average, like if you look at an entry level in comparison to other entry level bikes? No, not terribly because they don't have, usually have suspension, right? So the cost of that is taken off. Right. Um, okay. So, uh, you know, basically an off-road worthy hardtail mountain bike uh-huh. will start... You know, probably around twelve, thirteen hundred dollars. Okay. Um, you know, whereas a a good comparable quality fat bike might be, you know, fifteen, sixteen hundred. Okay. You know, so it's it's a little bit more because you got specialty like right. super wide rims and you okay. know all that kind of thing, but it's not crazy expensive comparatively. And what about your dual suspension? And usually, um, for the same parts mix yeah. that you get on your hardtail. the equivalent hardtail it's a thousand to two thousand more oh wow you know and a, a part of that comes in is like what it's made of for too. four or five pounds more you know <laughs> well and the, this is the thing because you run in with bikes um your average um you know just good quality hardtail from like giant or track or salsa or whoever right you know yeah um giant and track are like the two biggest out there but um you, you know there's a lot of companies making good bikes it's going to be aluminum mm. right uh but then if you go up to a carbon fiber frame and this is whether it's a hardtail or full suspension um you save a big chunk of weight like how much weight what percentage uh, um weight, you you'll, you'll, you'll save like a pound or two okay um but you know when you're when you're on a bike that's a big deal uh, I'm not convinced I'm going to do a suspension for four or five pounds. <laughs> well, but again, it, I'd have to experience it, I suppose. Yeah, like you, and and it depends what type of dual suspension bike you get too. Sure. Because if you get a cross country dual suspension bike, mm. they don't have as much travel in the rat back. Okay. And they're optimized for a little more pedaling efficiency, right? You know, so like the, when I started mountain biking, there was only one type of mountain bike. What was that? Um, different brands, but there was one type. Oh, hardtail? Yeah. Well, no, just a, a fully rigid bike. Oh, really? Right. There was no suspension forks. There was no suspension in the back. Do uh, they still exist? Are they still popular today? No. Uh, n- like for, no. for real mountain biking? No. Not like You can still get them. Yeah, but yeah. But um, it's one of those things where it's kind of a specialty product. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Oh, is it? Um, you know, because the thing is, it's going to be nerds like me who've been mountain biking for years who go, oh, fuck it. I want to get a fully rigid bike, right? For fun, to try something new. Yeah, just to, to make your local trails um, new again. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, so so that's the thing. It's like if you get from like a, a, a name brand, get it from a bike shop, um, mm. or, or if you've got a bike nerd friend who can help you out. Yeah. Um, uh, understand that very rarely when you buy a bike will the seat, um, okay. stem, handlebars, mm-hmm. um, oftentimes grips, 
um, be the right thing. And keep in mind that you can get some of these things cut down, like even the width of your handlebars. So if you go, oh, that's too wide for me, like this can all be fixed yeah. after. And so wherever you buy it, they should be able to do that for you. Yeah. Is there a cost? So like, uh, it depends on the shop. Some will include it. Some will charge you a small fee. Yeah, yeah. You okay. Know. Um, but I, I think the key message here is, you know, don't go to Canadian Tire or someplace like that. Yeah, that's, wallet. That's Walmart or whatever. Because and expect it, to get a good bike and get one for a couple hundred dollars. Like you're going to get what you're going to get. Talk about what you will get if you get a cheap bike. You'll get a heavy bike. Well, it's going to be heavy. Like um, how much heavier? Uh, it varies. Um, but, you know, pounds heavier. Um, but more importantly, like forget the weight, even though that that's a factor. Um it's crappy bearings, crappy shifting. Um, the wheels aren't strong, so they warp easy. Mm. Hell, half the time they're not straight when you get them. Or put uh, together correctly. You know, um, the bearings are junk, so there's a lot of drag. You you know, you get play in the bearings pretty quickly in the crank, in the uh, in the hubs. Um, you know, you're you're you come into the base of a hill and really a t- like giver to make it up the hill, yeah. and your gears jump around. Yeah, right. You know, so these are all things where, um, you know, th- they make a difference. Like, it, I, th- I think the key word that really resonates with me when I bought my old Gary Fisher for a couple hundred dollars, like maybe it was just old technology or it was just cheap. It was probably cheap. I remember there being a bit more drag, a little bit compared to what I have now, because I know when I got my. Gary Fisher hybrid. I was it a Gary Fisher back then. Anyway, hybrid. It, it rode just so beautifully. It's fast, mm-hmm. and with my mountain bike, it just f- handles so well. Yeah, it's just beautiful. Like the way, and you're like, yeah, this is worth it. <laughs> yeah, and the, the thing is, like, our bikes aren't particularly light. Like Catherine and I, um, mm. at work, we had the uh, option for getting this really good deal on a bike so we actually both have they're set up differently but we both have the exact same bike same uh, bike same yeah. ear pods same yeah we basically it's something <laughs> we're starting <laughs> to look alike but we have something else that's the same anyway go on yeah but i think well one of the one of the big things i think we run into is that um when you find something that works yeah rather than reinvent the wheel it's like oh, okay i'll get one too <laughs> Pardon um, the pun. you know uh but our bikes aren't particularly light, In you know, like if, eh? like if we wanted, um, and you know, maybe down the road we will, yeah. uh, you know, if we wanted, um, cause those are 28 pounds. Um, and that's before you put the seat bag in the bottle cage and the bell and the 28 pounds. Yeah. Really? Um, huh. But so if you think of it from the standpoint, uh, a, Hmm. premium like racing hardtail yeah um would be about 21 okay like you know pro level yeah <laughs> so and what would they go for uh seven to ten grand okay because ours was what <laughs> uh 1800 right okay hmm interesting let's talk a bit about some top uh, skills to work on like I, for example for me what was really useful um, definitely going how to approach like um, going downhill you mm-hmm. call that the attack position so one key thing that that was really interesting a lot of these things are best seen on YouTube but essentially when you're going uh, downhill you want to get your butt up and back as Winston had already talked about but you start to guide your bike even if you go around a corner a bit with your your um, your thighs, thighs. 
you just lean, right? It's not even, you know, you can use your handlebars a little bit, but it's really your thighs. And um, the other thing that was really neat is that you have your feet level because, or if you go around corners, you want to make sure, um, well, your feet level so you don't hit anything. When you're going down. When you're going down, right? And then the other thing that was interesting that it's taken some time to get the hang of, but it it's, it's really cool. When you go around corners, if you're going to the right, you have your left foot all the way down on the pedal. And really weight it. And you weight it. And your other foot on your 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 knee, your right knee is out. Pointing in the direction you want to go. Exactly. So it gives you really good, It's you can cut corners more easily mm-hmm. and securely. And then vice versa for going left. And then the other thing, so those are good things to definitely work on right away, as well as getting comfortable getting behind your bike. I saw that um, on a YouTube channel. People were just practicing on grass, mm-hmm. you know, because it's, it's kind of weird. Uh, but balancing on your bike, you know, just balance, go slow and balance. Because there are times when you're going downhill, you have to balance on rocks or whatever, right? It's just getting comfortable. I think those were the key things. Well, I think one of the other ones is just learning how to get your front wheel over things. Mm. Um, you know, and one of the ways that I would always recommend people start, um, because the, uh, risk is very low is just take a stick, um, and just put it down on the ground. Right. And that's the big log you got to get over. So if you mistime it and run into the stick, well, you're not going over the handlebars, right? Work on your timing to pop the, because what you want to do, and it's one of these things that seems kind of counter and this works whether you have a um, rigid fork or a suspension fork but it works better with a suspension fork Uh and it's all about timing Um, when you push down on a suspension fork um, it'll spring back and so you want to time you know as you're coming up to the log or the stick you put on the ground um, push down on your handlebars and it loads your fork and then as it rebounds then you use that that kickback to pull and pop your front wheel up. Right, because what you taught me today, and I didn't know this before, <laughs> is your wheel's supposed to go over it, not touch it. Because I have often popped it, but I'm still rolling over it. Yeah. And a few times, damn near. Yeah, you lose all your momentum. And because I, I, I'm just basically hitting it and going over. Yeah. But if I go faster, maybe I'd go flying. I don't know. You know. Um, Would I? If I was going it, faster? It depends how, what angle you hit the front wheel. Yeah. Because if you're faster and you'd just clip the front wheel, it would actually probably take you over easier. Yeah. Right? But if you ran your front wheel into it. Got it. And it bounced and then went over, then going faster might. You know, so. It, yeah. And that's why, that's why practicing these things. Like, I like that. It was starting small like that. Yeah. And then the other thing that's interesting is knowing when to brake, right? Because when you're going down, um, sometimes braking too much, you hit something and you fall over. Like if you, right? Or what you want to do is if you're going into a corner, you brake leading up to it, but as soon as you get into it, let go. Yeah. That's hard. I haven't quite got that yet. You know, one, it's one of those things. Basically, it's like brake before the corner, coast through the corner. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then usually get on the gas. Yeah, and when you go up hills, you want to attack them. Well, it depends the length of the hill and how steep it is. Sure, right. and then when you're going up the hill, you generally want to be off your bike. What, off the seat? Yeah. No, you don't. Going forward? No, basically you stay seated, 
Well, it, so so you can climb some hills out of the saddle. I've seen you do that, yeah. Um, right, single speeder. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I tend to do that more than a lot of people do, just because uh, rather than shift gears, I'll just stand up and muscle it up because it's what I did for a decade. Okay. Um, but if it's a longer hill or a really steep one, um, I'll bend my arms, mm-hmm. right, so that my nose. You know, my torso is leaning forward because that puts more weight over the front wheel. Okay. And I usually scooch forward a little bit on the seat. Um, okay. So you're kind of sitting on your taint. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's not the most comfortable thing. It's where you want a well-padded nose on your saddle and you're yeah. wearing padded bike shorts, so you, you know, for the little bit. And you've you got your it, bike cream on. You know. Um, prevent chafing. But that whole shift forward then keeps the front wheel down. So when you're spinning up the hill, you don't wheelie over backwards. Got it. All right. So it, it all is dependent on how steep the hill is. You'll have to watch me going up hills and give me, we should practice some more of that just so you can give me some more tips. Yeah, so those are some things I found actually on YouTube, top things to do and not to do, really, really helpful. And then mm-hmm. just to give you some ideas. But overall, it's a lot of fun. And what's really cool, I think there's kind of like in other activities that are new to you where you're learning new coordination or new movement that you just have never done. Um, subconsciously, you just got to do it once. You'll suck at it. Go away. Come back. And it just, it's processed. Yeah. It's sunken. And I feel that with my fear, right? Feeling more comfortable. As mm-hmm. you feel more comfortable, you can go faster because you're not, you know, on the brakes, riding the brakes yeah, all the time. Yeah, you're not riding tense all yeah, the time. Yeah, and you're not riding tense, which is also, um, you know, taxing. I also thought it was great exercise and interesting how being off your saddle at first it, when you're not used to that like your thighs are tired right like it's yeah just it, absorbing the shocks even if you're going down mm-hmm. yeah absorbing the shocks because uh, when your you're, core all that like you're it's work but mm-hmm. once you get used to it you you see that as a, a newbie game like pretty quickly yeah you know i found that yeah my cardio wasn't great but um check out our um kettlebell training for outdoor athletes because it is amazing for biking gives you power strength cardio all in one mm-hmm. by the way um yeah i uh those were some things that i noticed right away but right but i had my first flow or zen um ride this year and i remember that because all of a sudden i couldn't remember what i just did and i was like oh my god I need to be focused, you know, because I'm always conscious. So. Yeah, but the thing is, is that... Not ba- crashing. Yeah, like as long as you're not distracted with something else, um, right? It, 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 if you're thinking about something else, yes, pay attention to what you're doing. No, it's just chill. But yeah. I, but at the same time, I, I... Usually I'm a little bit... I don't know. I, I was... I'm usually I'm a little bit more intent about what I'm doing or... But a lot of times... Uber focused. As you learn a skill... No. One of the worst things is then thinking about how to do it. When you're new, you have to do that, right? Because yeah, you don't know what you're doing. That's a good point. Right? But once you're there, and I, it, it, this will vary for every skill and every person, but there's a point at which thinking about it only makes it worse. I agree. Because you can't do everything together quick enough. That's true. Yeah. And I, I do find kind of like rock climbing, if you find something that scares you, you've got to just approach it like, hey, no sweat. This is fun. Don't even think of it. Just do it, you know. And I found that just that mind shift makes you more successful. Or you'll find, too, that if you go a little faster over rocks, you're like, oh, I just 
I find myself constantly saying, I just need to go a little faster mm-hmm. over the rock garden or this log or whatever. Something that looks really scary, like going down and there's all these rocks. You're like, oh, my tire's going to get stuck. Oh, and the other good tip is um, you just pick your line of where you want to go and your tires will follow. Yeah, it, your bike goes where you look. Yeah, if so don't look over the don't, don't look, Well, and don't look <laughs> at the rock. Look at the gap between the rocks. Focus and, on and that. And your tire will go there. Yeah, it's kind of weird. You know, it's magic. You know, and this is one of the things too. If you've never mountain biked before, and and you're sort of in your middle age like we are, then this is one of those things where um, the anti aging part comes in because obviously any exercise is always good for you, right? An exercise that is just play, like when we look at the data, because Catherine and I use our magic garments to track everything we do. Um, when we look at the metrics of a mountain bike ride, right, it's like we went and did, you know, something really, really demanding. It's our best workout. Yeah, like as far as like heart rates yeah. and, and energy demand. And, and how everything. long you do it for. Yeah, because, you know, when a mountain bike's over, you don't want it to be over. No. It's like, oh, fuck. Oh, okay, I guess You're we got to go like back. Yeah. <laughs> Mom's but, calling. <laughs> you know, but yeah. you but you, you had huge outputs. Um, and you didn't even know it. Yeah, well... You know it, but... But but you're having fun doing it. You're having too much fun to remember it. Um, But uh, you also run into the thing where we know one of the the best ways from a cognitive standpoint um, to maintain your sharpness as you get older... Neural pathways? ...is learn new things, Uh, right? Yeah. Now, learning new things... That's a good point. ...basically can be fun. Right, like they don't have to be, you know, uh, you know, uh, coding. Yeah, <laughs> um, HTML. Build a website on yeah. HTML. <laughs> you know, it it can be fun okay. things like this because yeah. basically, when you're when you're learning um, new things, uh, you're forming new neural pathways, and so it's something that we're always trying to do. Yeah. Um, and whether it's learning new knowledge. Um, you know, creating this podcast or or our website and writing and and meeting new people and doing new activities. Uh, it's that whole thing of not um, stagnating, right? And because of that, like, it's funny. Like, I turned 50 this year. And I know empirically I'm not as fast or as strong as I was 25 years ago um but like i have tons of energy um i actually like my life now better than i did then (laughs) you're welcome yeah (laughs) thank you um but but that's one of those things you run into where uh if you'd asked me when i was 25 like what life would be like when you're 50 it would be like oh man i just like it's gonna like i can't you know (laughs) But then, but quite honestly, I also used to ride with a bunch of people that were in that age who yeah. were animals. Yeah. Right. So, so it also gave me hope, mm. right? As long as like, it really is a use it or lose it thing. It is. Right. It really is. Um, and if you are somebody who's gone through most of your life and hasn't done a lot of super physical things, um, then you are in Catherine's boat. I was just going to say. <laughs> Right, <laughs> that's almost embarrassing, but I'd like to admit that before you do. So I'll admit, you know, but 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 the fact is, is that it's true. You are now you are way more physical now. 
Oh God, yeah. Than when you were 25. I'm in the best shape of my life. Yeah, and it just keeps getting better. And I'm lighter than I was when I was 20. I'm, I think I'm the same way I was when I was 21. Yeah. Now. Oh yeah, but the better shape, like stronger, everything. According, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and and you know what? Um, probably the last thing I'll say to get off my soapbox about mountain biking is, it's just so fucking empowering when you do something yeah got over that log yeah you know like or did something hard got up that hill and finally went down that yeah like and, CPA, you know like i and i did it right <laughs> so it it truly brings out that inner child of superhero-ness yeah and now one of the things before we wrap up i want to talk about is how do you find places to ride um mm-hmm. you know obviously when i was young it was an adventure uh, because we would like literally um, look at maps uh, because it wasn't like a, it wasn't a popular or widespread thing like this. Um, we would look at like, oh, maybe there's a hiking trail over there or we heard a rumor about something or, you know, um, one of my favorite things was finding the sign like and this is way out in country, like in the country. But, you know, when a, a, there'd be a sign that says road not maintained beyond this point. Mm-hmm. It's like, OK, well, there's probably, you know, yeah. and, you, and you'd find stuff. But it was never <clears throat> and you'd find like these little sections of trail. Mm-hmm. Right. It was like, oh, man, that was awesome. And then you'd be a bunch of shit. Mm-hmm. Right. And then, you know, starting like, you know, 15 years ago you ended up with people developing trails specifically for mountain biking, mm-hmm. right? It started getting built into city plans or regional areas. Um, and now, of course, with the internet, there's an app for that. Um, it's called Trail Forks. And you said it was global, eh? Yeah. Where's well, the biggest in the in the U.S.? Uh, U.S. and Canada. Yeah, because it, it, Pink Bike, which is the website. Okay. Um, uh, if I'm not mistaken, they own the app. Got um, it. And so they've got a really big mountain bike user group, like it's forums and articles. And and it's free, but is there a subscription um, yes. uh, feature to it that you get more benefits? Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, so, but what's great with it is uh, if you zoom into an area, mm-hmm. because it, it's kind of like Google Maps for mountain bike trails. You or know, like all trails. Or all trails, yeah. If you're but, familiar with that. But it just shows the ones that are kind of approved for mountain biking. Yeah. Um, so it's really easy to find uh, mountain bike areas. Yeah. Right? Like, so I've been looking, uh, obviously we can't travel yet, but I've been looking like down in New York and down in Pennsylvania, oh. and, you know, for places for us to mountain bike. Or bike pack. You know, uh, and we're going to do an episode on that coming yeah, up yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, um, COVID's gotten in the way of our bike packing plans. <laughs> I know. You know, partly because we can't get any of the gear. Yeah. Because um, I sell. And even location. Yeah. And you can't really go do it. Um, yeah. But we need. And the U.S. is probably the best place to do that. No friggin' bugs. Yeah. Depending on where you go. Right. Um, but also like infrastructure. But anyway. Yep. Um, but so the app Trail Forks, mm-hmm. um, you, it, both a website for it. And you can put the app on your phone. Um, I love it because even uh, going, like when we went up to Mansfield last year, uh, 
when I was waiting for you, I would just break out the app and go, okay, which direction do we want to go? Yeah. How do we get put these pieces together? And you used to go there all the time with a map? No, we had nothing. You had nothing. So it was all memory. So it's like, okay, uh, we need headlamps. <laughs> you know? Well, and that that was the thing. Like years ago, yeah. I would, whether it was Mansfield or Three Stage, um, you know, or um, going out to the Durham Forest near uh-huh. Uxbridge, um, you know, there are all these different places we'd go ride. And they were kind of an exploration because, yes, there's obviously trails there, but we don't have a map. We don't know what they're like. Right. Right. So how to put the pieces together. So you would run into the thing. We were just we just go out for this epic ride, you That's know, cool. fill up the water bottles, fill up a camelback, get some snacks, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, um, and, you know, you hope you make it back to the car <laughs> you know, before you run out of water. Yeah. Um, and. So it is, it's almost like one of these things of being spoiled because with trail forks, like I just zoom in and go, oh, let's take that one because it goes over here. Yeah. Um, and, and, and you know where you are. Yeah. Because it, it just uses the, the It's local. not like you're so much in the back country, they don't have access to uh, cell phones, you know, cell towers. Yeah, stuff. but it doesn't even do, it'll just use the GPS in your phone. Yeah. If you're out of cell signal. Yeah. Because um, the maps are just loaded in your phone. That's right. Um. And, but it, but it runs into the thing where there's a ton of mountain biking. So at least for us here in Ontario, um, we're in Ontario and Canada. Um, but when I, when I look around, um, you know, if you were in the Eastern U S, um, you know, pretty much from Georgia all the way up, mm-hmm. there's a ton of mountain biking, um, in all the different States, uh, you know, Florida kind of sucks, but, you know, it's flat. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they do have some areas, but but it's yeah. not. Um, obviously, if you're from like Colorado or Arizona, New Mexico. Oh, God, yeah. Uh, Nevada, Utah. Tons. Then fuck you. Um, <laughs> you know. And out west, you can go. Yeah, California. Yeah. You know, like all. BC. The, yeah, yeah. BC and Alberta have a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, so so it's one of those things, but it's a great resource. Um, and then it's one of those things where uh, if you get yourself either like a Garmin watch or like a Garmin bike computer, mm-hmm. we're not sponsored by Garmin, but we should be, um, mm-hmm. uh, then you can actually load maps from that right into your device mm-hmm. and then have it right on your handlebar or on your watch, the route you want to do. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, because otherwise you're always stopping and checking yeah yeah but, but it's one of the things that i like is that i'll because especially when you get trail networks that when you look at them on a map kind of just look like somebody threw colored spaghetti down mm-hmm. right there's so many trails crisscrossing <laughs> yeah, yeah i like taking the time at home and drawing a route yeah and saving it mm-hmm. um and then putting it on the device because then you actually have a route that you're <laughs> aiming to follow yeah um and that makes it a little bit easier um, just to do a fluid ride that you're not stopping and looking all the time. Every time you get to a crossroads, yeah. you're just following the, the, the line you made. Okay. You know, so that's, that's kind of a cool thing to do. So as that's well. pretty much the one stop shop for, for trails. Yeah. And then basically there'll be like mountain bike forums. Um, mm-hmm. and the other place you can never go wrong with, go talk to your local bike shop. That's true. You know? And there's communities. Yeah. Um, it really is amazing. Almost every bike shop um, will have like some sort of group rides. A lot of times they'll have beginner rides. Um, it's a great way to meet people 
you know, because one of the things I've run into with a lot of people, uh, and this is both when I had a shop and even now, mm-hmm. um, is that they reach a point, they want to make a change in their life. Mm. But one of the hardest things is you're the only one that wants to make a change. All of the friends that you'd have mm-hmm. or you have, yeah, they're not making that change. Yeah. So then it's one of these things where you're kind of doing everything on your own. Yeah. Um, and, you know, especially when it's things like fitness and activities and hobbies, you know, and passions like this, um, finding community really helps. Mm-hmm. Um, and that goes whether it's you're getting into kettlebells, you're getting into mountain biking, you're getting yeah. into rock climbing. Yeah. Um, having people that have a, a, a the same kind of passion, yeah. you know, and they can they can help you and share Mentor, and motivate, yeah. Yeah. you know. Show you, yeah. Um, that's sort of one of those things that's really cool with the bike world mm-hmm. um, is it's almost like one of those default things. <laughs> Well, I find people very generous and encouraging and, you know, you rarely meet assholes, I think. Yeah. When you people know. are doing what they love, they generally want to, you know, they're pretty stoked about it. Yeah. So. You know. Cool. And so that that's, uh, yeah, it, it, it's kind of fun. Like, it, it, basically, because over the last 10 years, I've rode, but not as much as I used to. Right. Um, But now it's sort of one of those things. It's like, yeah. Uh, and I think part of it was I was still riding a single speed. Yeah. And okay. it was just beating the shit out of me. <laughs> oh, okay. Time to retire it. Well, and plus there was a bunch of my rear brake didn't work anymore and uh, I couldn't get around to fixing it. Uh, you know. Yeah. Um, so it's one of those things like I'm having so much fun getting a brand new bike. And wasn't part of it too because of my knees? Because we used to backpack and that was bad on my knees and hiking. And then well, Yeah, the, the mountain hiking. And it like started going downhill. with the rock climbing and yeah. 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 You know. Um, you're like, oh, this is good for you. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and we've been having fun. Yeah. So uh, that's it. I hope you enjoyed uh, this episode. And uh, do share with us if there's anything, you know, you're really stoked about when it comes to mountain biking, where you go, if you're from any part, other place out of Canada or U.S. or whatever. Um, tell us what you're looking for. We're going to do another episode on fitness for mountain biking because yep. you know a lot about that. You used to train athletes i used to race myself yes did did, did okay <laughs> yeah um, but you certainly helped others who are triathletes and you mountain know, bikers and mountain bikers etc so we're gonna do a whole episode on that and then we talked about doing another one on bike packing bike packing yes and if you know any interesting characters out there let us know yeah and and if anybody you know obviously with the stuff we talked about anybody's got any questions um by all means yeah, comment, send them in. And you'll probably email. do a blog or so or something. We'll see. Yeah, at some uh, point. yeah it's on my list. I got <laughs> lots of writing to do. Yeah, Winston's pretty good at that. So, all right. So, uh, we'll see you next time. And uh, Winston? What? Work hard. Play dirty. <laughs> <laughs>